Welcome to Unashamed, a smut lover's podcast where we just want to talk to you about smut. I'm Courtney. And I'm Kelsey. And we are back with another psycho book. It's Twisted Abel by T.L. Hodel. Hodel. It's Twisted Abel by T.L. Hodel. Yes. So if you haven't listened to our previous episode, Unhinged Cain, do that first because there there's a good possibility that we will spoil some shit. And yeah, and this is one of those duets where you do have to read if you want to understand the dynamic. Yeah. Um we just in real time in our time, we just finished Unhinged Cain. So we're ready to jump in because Abel is such an interesting character. I don't know. That's how I feel. I feel like he's um He's really, he's out there, dude. Um, we had said in the previous episode, but just to like recap a little bit, I compared him to Brooklyn from Society of Psychos. So th- some of you may know what I'm talking about. Um, but he's just like, he's out there. He's just, he makes songs while he kills and he just maims and kills without uh, method or mercy or anything like that. It's complete opposition to his twin brother. So, um, and there was a falling out between the twins. So that's why you need to read that book first, because I think we're going to learn a little bit more about that in this book. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. And the blurb looks like, Oh, I didn't even read the blurb. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So I don't know if you remember this, but remember when Abel found a girl, it was like the, one of the very last uh, victims that the watermelon titties. Abel, No, it was the one with heterochromia. Oh yeah. He said that there was he caught a girl and then Cain and Abel never did anything with her because it was around the time they got into a big fight. Abel left, he came back, he tried to kill Kirby. Anyway, the uh heroine in this one has blue and green eyes. It's just it's mentioned in the blurb. So I'm wondering if she's the same one. And then she also mentions that she's in a cage. So I'm wondering if Abel just like put her in the cage and didn't do anything with her. Hmm. I don't know for sure. I mean, it's been a, I don't know how much time has passed in between the brothers falling out and this happening. I do know that it looks like she was just a victim. Yeah, it sounds like he's doing to her what Kane did to Kirby. Just has her like chained up watching him kill people. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> I'm excited. I I love, yeah, I love, I liked Abel's just, he's so peppy, just bouncy. He's very happy. I'm fucking losing it over here. <laughs> it sounds like he's just keeping her chained up so that she can watch him kill people. And you're like, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> like, it's fucking normal. Well, okay. You know what? Maybe Unhinged Cain has loosened my morals a little bit. Okay. Because that's essentially 
what Kane did to Kirby. He just kept her like in a box, her little, you know, she cane wasn't, area. Well, so I think this one, she's probably more in a cage. And because he said, I need you to build me a box. Remember? Yeah. See? So, so um, maybe if it's the same girl, because that happened around the same time. Yeah, but Kirby was, there was a rail system up along the whole basement. So she could go anywhere in the basement that was permitted by the rails. Yeah. So she I wasn't mean, actually, um, like, in a cage. She was just, like, chained up. So I think I think this girl is probably in an actual cage. Oh, I, I don't doubt it. Abel's definitely the cage type. <laughs> yeah, he's fucked up, dude. I can't wait. I mean, okay. The scenes with Abel in Unhinged oh. Cane turned my fucking stomach. Mine too. He His depravity was very different than Kane's. Kane wasn't necessarily all that sexually excited. Like, yeah, the blood did it for him. Uh, Kane really just liked any hole he cut, drilled, or was already on a human body. You mean Abel? Or sorry, yeah. Abel liked any hole he could cut, drill, or was already in a human body and usually liked it when it was painful. Yeah, and... He, he's fucked up, dude. Um, oh God, the he, enhanced uh, sex toy. And the yeah, toy that one, that one oof. fucked me up. I was like, um, I've read some pretty shocking books, and that is like one of two books that gave me the that reaction. Yeah. Um. So this, I'm I'm so interested to see because it's a different author. So I'm so interested to see how it plays out, what the voice is like, how his psycho comes through from a different author. Um, because, yeah, like you said, Kane was just a different kind of killer. He was artistic. He he thought of himself as an artist, and he was making art with the people that he killed. He liked to see the light go out in their eyes. But it wasn't necessarily about their suffering and about like how creative he could be in their maiming. Um, where Abel wants to tear them apart as creatively as possible. Um, Kane cut pictures into them. Abel just does whatever the fuck he's feeling, as creative as he can get, to completely tear them apart. So Abel's um, biggest thing was to inflict the most damage he could, emotional and otherwise. His biggest thing was he liked to take people close to each other, sisters, best friends, mother, child whatever. He liked to take people who were super close and emotionally torture them into betraying each other. That was his big kink. Like with the twins, he made one twin uh, use a very dangerous weapon on the her twin sister. Um, and he's he did it with best friends, stuff like that. So, so the trigger warning on this book um, this book has strong themes that is intended for a mature audience. Reader discretion is advised. There are sexual scenes, violence, profanity, things done to and with body or with parts of the body that should not be done. And a cult. if you have any triggers, a weak stomach, reservations about reading or watching dark themed stories, or a fear of clowns, this may not be the book for you. If you've yet to come across any bothersome ma material, you probably will in these pages. Proceed with caution. And our midpoint is chapter 13. 
Okay. <laughs> I can't. Oh, I do believe that just because I do know that this author writes a really compelling storyline. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I know that it, at the very least, it's going to be a well-written book. Also, yeah, I agree. fucking clowns. Well, he's the Joker. That's yeah. like his whole shtick. Yeah. Ugh. He's got the tattoo. Also, did you notice on the cover it's got the scrub the pee? Oh, <laughs> yeah. That stupid tattoo that they both had to get. I. Oh, poor Kane. Abel's impulsivity was impulsiveness. What am I saying? Abel's impulsiveness was very much a detriment. Kane had to get all manner of tattoos. Yeah, the other book had some humorous aspects in it. While it was very dark, um, there was a few times that was like pretty funny. Um, the cucumber incident, for example. <laughs> so, and Abel's a little more on the goofy side, so I'm curious to see what, like if there's humorous aspects in this one as well. I'm just curious. I'm in, I'm interested. I'm ready. All right. So let's go ahead and do this. If you are reading along with us out there, go ahead and go read to chapter 13 and then come back. Pause here. Okay, we're back. Yes. I like it so far. I think... I think it's so, uh, Abel is just as crazy as I predicted. Yeah. yeah, this author is doing a really good job with this character. Oh, for sure. I know uh, we had talked about in the last episode that we weren't sure how he was going to be portrayed in his own book, having it be a different author. But no, she's doing an amazing, I don't know, is T.L. Hodel a, a she? I don't know. They're doing I, an amazing job. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I feel Hodel is a girl. Hodel? Maybe it's Hodel. I don't actually know how to pronounce the last name. Sorry, guys. I am a last name butcher. And I, I just, I can't do it. But I agree. She's doing a wonderful job. And, oh, my God. The eye socket scene. Oh, my God. They're, oh. Okay. Abel is fucked up. Like, he just is. And he's way more uncontrolled than Kane, um, which we knew. But now he's off the leash. And I'm surprised he hasn't been caught. Honestly. So, so Kane is going and, like, still keeping an eye on him, though. I think Kane is, like, cleaning up his messes afterwards. Like... Yeah, they Just mentioned the tow truck um, driver that Kane went and cleaned up after that. Yeah. And Abel is really still just making a plan to kill Kirby. But I think, so uh, Aspen, the main female character, she has a condition. I can't remember. It started with an A. Where... She can't feel pain, or she can feel pain, but it doesn't translate to pain with her. It turns to pleasure. Like, yeah. So, uh, anyway, I think that that's really the what's going to save her is because uh, Abel had drugged her 
and was going to like pop her cherry or whatever. And he was kind of like testing the waters while she was asleep in her hotel room, motel room, whatever. And she started moaning every time he like hurt her a little bit. And he thought she was a masochist. So I'm wondering how far it's going to go with him just thinking, oh, you know, like I think he's going to keep pushing it because he wants to feel that pain. And then she's going to explain like I can't. And I think that's kind of what's going to change the dynamic between them. Yeah. And and she kind of is like, I know she has the condition, but she had said something towards the beginning of the book that made me think that she kind of is a masochist as well, because she was talking about having sex with Jude and she was kind of along the thought process of like, I don't know that he's going to be able to give me what I need. Um, And then that's how they went into the explanation of her condition. Also on the topic of Jude, he was definitely sent by the cult and his dad is the copycat. And I think his dad is father Joseph or whatever his name is. I think so too. Um, I, I agree. I think that Joseph Well, see, I don't know. That's what makes me uh, kind of confused is because I, he's a leader of a cult. You would think if he was killing people, he would just take people like from his cult to do that. Right. Like his followers. Well, he probably is. That's true. It didn't say that the victims were from, but I mean, she's cities away. She grew up in a whole different like state and everything. So he must have followed her somehow made it to DC because in, in the last book in Quantico, when they found out that there was a copycat killer who was copying the chameleon, uh, all of these bodies are pretty much showing up around the DC area. Well, if you, okay. So you have to pay very close attention because things have been thrown in there like subtly. Um, So she had mentioned at one point just an offhanded remark, like when Father Joseph visited the compound. So he didn't live on the compound. That's true. Jude said that he grew up in this small town and she said that those small towns were neighbors. So maybe he lived in this next town over from the compound but if he doesn't live on the compound there's nothing stopping him from moving and just flying back when he needs to that's true also sidebar how fucking creepy is it that this guy's old enough to have a kid older than her and is still trying to make her his god knows how many like no wife yeah like number 1500 well they didn't say they didn't necessarily say that there was like a polygamous aspect going on. It's a what cult. They said, what they said, not all cults have polygamy, but what they said was um, that like basically if the wives are in trouble or discarded or exiled or anything like that, they go to this specific place and Father Joseph visits them in this place and she's heard stories about the kinds of things that happened to them in there and that's why she was so afraid of becoming his chosen 
was because she had heard what he did to other women, and that's why she ran. But that could be where he's getting his victims as the copycat killer because they didn't say whether or not the victims were local. That's true. They were showing up around there. So that doesn't, yeah, you're right. It doesn't necessarily mean they were local to the area prior to their deaths. I don't know. I, yeah, that's fucking creepy though. I, there's been enough subtle hints that I would be shocked if I'm wrong about that. No, I agree. I thought it was the guy too, because it's not like he found out the copycat found out that the chameleon, AKA Abel and Kane had an interest in Aspen. And that's why he was interested. He was interested in Aspen first. All he wanted was Aspen. And he was just also happened to be the copycat killer who was trying to figure out the chameleon's art technique. Yeah. Like we definitely know that Jude is the copycat's son. But it wasn't 100% confirmed that he's Father Joseph because they kept his name out of it. True. But I know I agree with you, though. I think it's too much of a coincidence for it not to be him. Yeah. And I thought it was weird, though, that other cult members were showing up if they already have Jude down there, you know? Also, fuck Jude for sleeping with her only acquaintance. <laughs> Well, I don't want to call. She's dead now, and he will be very soon. I'm so excited! Just like always, I mean, because we stop in the middle, things are just starting to heat up. He just grabbed her, or yeah, like uh, yeah, he the, just. The last episode, fifty percent was right at that spot too. <laughs> yeah, so but he grabbed her and the boyfriend because that's Abel's kink. He loves you know couples and you know some people with relationships. Except for this time, it's going to be different because he's not going to pin them against each other. What he's going to do is uh, destroy Jude because Jude touched what was his. Yeah, and um, I don't think it's... like I think it'll affect Aspen somewhat, but I don't think it'll affect her as much as the pairs that actually give a shit about each other because like, she likes him, but she doesn't... She doesn't have strong feelings towards him. She's not super invested. Yeah, it's even though it's been like over a month that they've been together, I think. Um, yeah. She, yeah, she's not super invested in him. And he's just kind of pushy towards her. I see. Because so it surprised me in, uh, in the last book, in Kane's book. It surprised me how easily Kirby was like just flipped a switch essentially like she went from like holding really strong on to her moral character and Me she too, was down there yeah. what three weeks and then all of a sudden she was like yeah it's cool like i'm fine with the murder and the killing and all of that i i wonder how long she's gonna keep hers up like i don't necessarily think she'll really mind the murder and stuff like that but just the uh the quality or i guess just the way abel does it I wonder how long it's going to take for her to, I don't know, flip Kate. that that switch of morality in her. Because with Kirby, it was yeah. like it happened almost instantly. As soon as, like, Kane poked and prodded and was actually murdering in front of her. She was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, this is fine. I'll, I'll be involved. Yeah, so they had it set up that she had 
like almost gray morals, but not quite because she had like an appreciation for the beauty of death, but she wasn't like, she wasn't a morally gray character in the beginning. So I agree with you. She did flip the script really fast. Um, that kind of stuff usually bothers me. It didn't bother me that bad in that book, though. I think it was done really well. Like, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't done horribly. It wasn't like it took two seconds. Like, I guess, yeah, you could see the fact that, you know, she was locked up. There's Stockholm Syndrome going on. You know, I can see why she flipped the switch of morality. Because realistically, if she had held all to her morals, she likely would have just ended up dead. Yeah. But sure. I wonder how, because Abel has always been the more... Uh, volatile uh, yeah yeah he's very volatile and because he's more volatile uh it it's like the drop of the he has a hairpin trigger you know what i mean so i'm yeah. wondering i don't think aspen will have the luxury of holding on to really anything for very long but i wonder like inside like inside of her how long it's going to take for her to like become okay with it yeah, another thing about Aspen, though, is that she's very naive. She says she's not, but she is. Oh, for sure. Um, she's very naive, so I'm curious as to how it's going to play out in her mind um, because she's uh, she has things that she really enjoys and that she's very um strong on especially when it comes to her mother but she's still very moldable i feel like as a character because she is so innocent and naive like that's not to say that she doesn't have her own thoughts and feelings and opinions and she is a dynamic character all in her own right she's got a very like hippie vibe to her you know what i mean but she is she is still very innocent and naive and that makes her all around a more of a moldable character, in my opinion, that I think the author can work with that as far as when she starts getting exposed to things, you know? Yeah. Oof. I don't know. I'm excited to dig in, though. I am. I'm ready. Uh, the blurb, really quick before we pause again, the blurb had also mentioned something like her seeing him past all of that. So I wonder if that's going to play a part in it where she sees that he's sad and he's lonely. He misses his brother and, you know, where other people would just see him as like a mindless killer. Maybe she'll see deeper than that. And that'll be kind of one of the triggers that and causes him killing her. He's also her savior. It says in the blurb that like, you know, he, she sees him as a savior. So I'm wondering if uh, Jude will spill the beans about the whole being part of the well, possibly being part of the cold thing or whatever. I'm and, sure. Hmm? I said, I'm sure. Yeah. And then, so she'll see him as like, oh, you know, inadvertently because you, you, uh, you, you took notice of me now, like you saved my life, even though you don't know why I do. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to jump back okay. in too. All right, guys, so we are going to finish off the book. So if you are reading along with us, come back at the end and go ahead and pause here. Okay, we're back. Oh, my God. I loved it. 
Me too. Um, it was <laughs> so we were theorizing about like how the you know break would happen where they accepted each other and blah 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 whatever and it was something so fucking simple it was just her making cookies for him and he was like i need you to marry me now um yeah, that was super cute she was like it, do, do cookies mean something different to you like yeah <laughs> um yeah that so there was lots of crazy tie-ins though um that we we were partially right on partially off on so father joseph was her dad jude's dad and detective hansen and the copycat killer dude is a like psycho all around yeah and I, I know yesterday so i finished uh like early yesterday morning and then kelsey finished last night and i was just texting her or no like yesterday afternoon and i was just texting her oh my god oh my god and she she's like i took a break i took a break and i was like it gets worse and it's not even abel's fault i know and then i picked back up reading and i was just texting you oh my god oh my god <laughs> yeah there was so much like just back to back revealed like obviously the copycat killer being agent hansen and also father joseph so also jude was her brother and now in the first half of the book he's pressing her from like the moment they start dating into having sex with him and i know kelsey asked me yesterday as soon as she found out that they were siblings she asked if uh they knew it doesn't ever say if he knew for sure that they were siblings but i think he does only because father joseph in his chapter points of view he talks so much about a pure bloodline and stuff like that i think that jude knew the whole time that's just my opinion we don't know for sure but i think he did and i don't think he cared like he was raised by a psycho who was all about the pure bloodline yeah and i think that hansen or father joseph or however you want to call him i think that he would breed her regardless like either with jude or with himself i think he was planning on breeding her with himself yeah yeah he wanted her to have his kids but i don't see yeah i don't see him necessarily being i guess well, then, oh so he actually he was not planning on using jude for that because he was like if she, if he touched her um if she's not pure anymore because of him like he was so super mad um at even the thought of it now that I think about it. Yeah, but I could see, like, after he's used her, not caring, as long as it came from his bloodline, I could see him. I mean, like I said, the, it was a very, it was a short book, much like Kane's book. Uh, once you hit that, like, midway point where stuff starts happening, it doesn't stop happening until the very end. Yeah. It's like a revelation after revelation, action after action. Uh and then you get this uh, little epilogue, which I loved the epilogue. I like how it really tied everything in a bow for both Kane and Abel. Yeah. My only real complaint about this book is that it wasn't longer. I I wish I could have stayed in that little like bubble of their world for a little longer, maybe gotten some more details answered, like what happened to the cult after they killed Father Joseph. Yeah. Um, 
And it's funny because it's almost 300 pages. So it's not like it's um, a super short book, but it feels that way when everything's happening so fast and there's so much going on. Um, so to have it be less than like 400 pages, if things are going to be unanswered. Yeah. It's just, it's just reality. But yeah, I could see that. I would, but I feel like for the vibe that these books had going on, it was right. Like, I oh, feel like it would have been drawn out much more than it would have had to really be drawn out, you know? That's true. And honestly, I just, I already uh, love T.L. Hodel, Hodel, uh, I don't know. I already love that author. I think that just honestly, it was so perfect. The ending, the epilogue was so cute. They're having families. Cain and Abel both got their women pregnant, which uh, honestly, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting either them to be child free just for the fact that Cain and Abel's really only exceptions to being to human life is like those girls. So I, I didn't expect that. I was happy about it though. Yeah. I would have been interested to see like a, an extended epilogue, like 15 years down the road or whatever, to see how they handle being parents. Um, like, do you love your kid because they're part you, part your partner? Or are you, is your psychopath nature getting in the way of that because you like killed your own mother you know what I mean like yeah well yeah that was me too because so we get the scene where Abel kills his mom and it was talked about in Kane too where you know he in Kane's book it was described like he eviscerated her like and then we got the scene where it happened in Abel's book and I was a little uh I was wondering that too as far as familial ties like I I mean, you know, maybe because it's born from the people that they love. I'm wondering if that's what keeps the kids safe. Or maybe there just is that little, you know, click. Like, oh, you know, this is mine and I love it and I'm going to take care of it. I can see the moms, though. Like, I would definitely see Aspen and Kirby, like, teaming up against those men. Like, you even look sideways at my kid and we've learned enough from you to kill you ourselves. Yeah, I don't think it would come down to that because they both did, like, in the little bit that you do see, they both did soften up a lot after they had their women. So, I mean, we can play it out however we want. And I choose to believe the kids are fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> I choose to believe that any children they have learned the necessary skills from their fathers to... I don't know, maybe continue in a little bit more ethical way, like what Kirby did with Kane, where she just takes a list of like the worst of the worst that she sees at the FBI and is like, these are the people you can kill. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it was it was good. It ended up being I mean, I feel like cute is a stretch, but it had cute moments. Yeah. It definitely did. It had humor, too. It was, I think, all in all, it was just a really good book. <laughs> yeah, as far as, like, the psycho, the twisty stalker psycho 
goes, it was pretty good. I agree. I'm glad yeah. we read it. Same, same. All right. Okay, so our next episode is going to be Thorn Princess by LJ Shen. And I think that's everything. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.